0: There's always something hot happening in South Florida. Talk now with Brian Mudd on News Radio 610, WIOD. Presidents usually see a bump in approval ratings during a time of crisis. Biden is now at new lows. His overall approval rating at 36%
1: in a new Quinnipiac poll. Just one in three approve of how he is handling the economy.
0: ABC's Jonathan Carl. yeah, that's because we got crises that are playing out here at home, none the least of which is that affordability situation. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. In fact, uh, today's Q&A of the day will be about oil releases, the strategic reserve, gas prices, that whole relationship. We'll get to that coming up at 1150. But right now, I don't know about you, but not every day, but at least once a week. I'll take a look at the date on the calendar, and I'm like, how did we get here? I mean, time just flies so fast these days. And to that end, I mean, here we are, it's April. Before you know it, it will be August in our primaries in Florida, and November not long after that. And so now we're getting down to kind of brass tacks time to see how this midterm election cycle really is setting up. And on that note, last week you had St. Leo University out with their statewide poll that was – Uh, Pretty eye-opening in uh, multiple respects with a lot of their findings. Joining us to talk about this is Frank Orlando. He's the director of the Polling Institute at St. Leo University. Frank, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Ryan. All right, so uh, go ahead and, and give us your top takeaways from your findings last week.
1: Well, we pulled on a lot of different things. Probably the the most relevant to the discussion on the midterm elections is that uh, President Biden's approval is uh, as low as it's been since we've been polling it during his presidency. Um, and the lower a president's approval rating is, the tougher it is for his party to overcome that uh, type of momentum in a midterm election. So that's a national picture. And then uh, statewide, the, the biggest issue is that we see Governor DeSantis in a pretty commanding position against all three of the Democratic uh, challengers that he could face. Uh, that race will probably, you know, get a little bit tighter as we get to uh, November, but he's in a pretty strong position already being around 50 percent this early in the cycle.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, when you talk about Governor DeSantis's job approval, you, know, you had, uh, you had them at about 59% approval to 37% disapproval. In a state mm-hmm. that historically has been, um, as, as tight as ours, of course, DeSantis winning in 2018 by less than half of a percent. I mean, that really is kind of a, a remarkable showing at, at this stage in the cycle, somewhat historically, isn't it?
1: Yeah, he's maintained very strong approval ratings really throughout his four years in office. Uh, When you think about 2018, he won against the tide uh, in 2018 by winning, you know, in a good year generally for Democrats. And, you know, he'll have the benefit this year in 2022 of running in a better year for Republicans. But he also, uh, you know, gets high marks for how he's handled um, the economy in the state. Um, for how he's handled COVID in the state. And so because of that, he's in a relatively strong position. And, you know, we'll see who his opponent is, but it doesn't look like any of these three have a a really one leg up over the other on who would give uh, the governor the toughest race. So he's in a strong position um, and, and maybe the other thing to consider is how popular he's becoming among national republicans as well. Uh last year we polled on uh you know who among the uh candidates uh for 2024 would be the most popular if president Trump didn't run uh, again in 2024 and he was sixth or seventh place nationally. He's now very uh, firmly in that second in that top position and that second position behind President Trump, and he surpassed all of these other national Republicans.
0: Yeah, Frank. On that note, and uh, you know, I'm I'm curious if if you might have any insight in this regard as well. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I was I was watching was whether that could end up being a liability. In other words, you have Floridians that are focused on our concerns, our state, and you know, the mm-hmm. idea of running for re-election as governor, and you know, with an eye on something bigger before you would even finish your term you know maybe that wouldn't wash well in our state but i haven't seen any indication that if he did make that decision down the line uh that floridians would be willing to punish him right now for
1: that yeah no I, I, and i think he's been pretty careful in not saying you know my ambition is to run in 2024 i'm running in 2024 uh so you know he hasn't made that sort of mistake but From looking at our polling, that has definitely not um, been a concern of of Florida voters. Do I think that this could be something, you know, once the Democrats find their nominee, that's a a line of attack? You know, he's using this position as a stepping stone. The issues that he's, you know, um, championing are just uh, designed for the 2024 primary. Sure. But quite frankly, as long as we have a, a relatively strong economy in the state, um, we've, you know, been able to handle the the difficulties of the four years because he's had a very four year difficult four year term in terms of things happening in the, in the world and in Florida. He's going to be in a strong position, and I think Floridians will probably reward him for that, unless they, he gives them reason not to.
0: Frank, last time I did an analysis, it's been going on two months at this point, um, but I'm, I'm curious to get your read on this thesis based upon what you're finding internally here in your polling, that mm-hmm. if you take a look at the outcome of various different races um, two and, and then four years ago for the comparable ones, that potentially mm-hmm. in the political environment, the way we see setting up, you could have double-digit outcomes in various congressional districts, for example, that could actually turn into, um, you know, a, a potential GOP advantage. In other words, we wouldn't usually take a look at a a race that a Democrat won by twelve, fourteen points, uh, and go, well, that's a that's a toss up race. But it, the right. the landscape might be so favorable for Republicans in the cycle, we could be taking a look at some of those races that Democrats have enjoyed wide leads in, maybe being a lot closer, uh, or in that toss up category. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, I think you're completely right. Uh, If you think back to 2018, think about midterm elections are a lot about enthusiasm. Um, You know, to vote in a presidential election, a lot of people vote in those because it's a presidential election and, you know, it's in, in the collective consciousness. But for a midterm election, you really need to be motivated. And usually whatever party is more excited to go and vote for their party has a big advantage in midterms. In 2018, Democrats had that kind of advantage. And so you see in, you know, suburban districts and other places where Democrats, you know, racked up huge margins. In 2022, it's not necessarily going to be the case that they'll have that advantage. And if you look at what happened in 2021 in both New Jersey and Virginia, uh, if that is replicated in the fall, then you're going to see a lot of places that Democrats thought were safe territory uh, be much more in play. Now, part of that is going to have to do with the difference in, at least at the House level, the districts. And we're still up in the air on that in, in many states, including Florida. But uh, for the Senate races in particular, you're going to see places like Nevada, uh, places like Colorado, um, New Hampshire, perhaps be you know less comfortable for democrats than they have been in the last few cycles
0: well frank i think that is a really interesting information appreciate you taking the time to share with us thanks brian that is frank orlando again he's the director of the Polling institute at st leo university all right today's q a of the day why oil releases have no impact on today's gas price and also why they don't work I'll address that next here in the Brian Mudd Show. He's Radio Six Ten Wyoming.